Hey everyone, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Brian, and with me is Steve. I do like my Samsung phone. Pitch, what the fuck? And also with us is Slash. So we were just talking about the critically acclaimed PS2 classic, The Bouncer, before this, but I have a Samsung phone, and I'm just kind of questioning where that came from. Everyone play The Bouncer. I wish I could. It's the internet. Like I was saying beforehand, I uh, I really loved playing that game at the time. I don't know how well it would, it would hold up. Better than the Bouncer by Squaresoft. Not yet Square Enix. It's true. Uh, it is almost the end of uh, January 2021. And what a fucking long years 25 ago. years that month has been. Wednesdays are just bad. Like, that's that's the new motto for January 2021. Yeah, man. Get over this fucking hump. <laughs> yes. But yeah, fucking... What is it? Coup, impeachment. Twenty twenty was inauguration, not as bad. Tony like, Hawk did a seven twenty. January twentieth. Oh, Tony yeah. Hawk did do a seven twenty. That that did make up for it. To uh, put into perspective that there was a video of him like maybe five years ago still doing another nine hundred. I was like, oh, I, th- I I thought that one was a lot more recent, but then I was like, wait, he's just getting older, but he still did it. I was like, you know what? Keep doing it. This is the timeline where Bam loses. Isn't that all timelines? Not to speak I don't really know. of Bam Margera, but... Jackass 4 hasn't come out yet. We'll see. Well, I don't think the majority of that cast is doing well. That's what I'm saying. I think the only two that are... I think the only two that are relatively anywhere close to healthy in any sort of way would be, surprisingly, Steve-O and uh, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't Steve-O just, like, living in Mexico, chilling with his dogs, like... Doing humanitarian oh, he loves things dogs and being sober. Yeah, yeah. it's like isn't he just doing cool humanitarian things now? He's like, no, I'm chill, but let's move to Hollywood because my name is Johnny Knox. Yeah, and this is Steve O presents Bam mm-hmm. and fuck Bam. You didn't like Tony Hawk's Underground too? No, I love that game. I chose my side. Yeah, no, I fucking love that game. <laughs> I chose my side of the sword. <laughs> didn't have to be this way, Cap. <laughs> let's get started that recap then. Yeah. That last tangent we just did. I'll take this first episode here. That was our final little bit of going off on tangents because we're done with this filler. Oh, yeah. This yay. filler is so done that uh, it only gets half an episode. Like, that's how ready we are to get out of it. So, anyway, let's just rock and roll. We got episode 61. Uh, note, I'm calling this right, I think this is the last episode of what is technically the all-encompassing bracket of the first major arc of East Blue, if I remember reading that right on the little episode ticker list, because when you, at least when I was watching it on Crunchyroll, it says, up to episode 61 is this, and then in 2, or 62, which will be the next one, it starts to say, uh, well, the overall arc is called Alabasta, but it's like, that's the first major over-arc in the Grand Line. So, not only have we finished this filler, but we have Made it to the end of the first, I guess, major arc of just East Blue. So everyone, everyone who's listening, thank you for hanging out with us for that long. Keep, keep staying on this cruise, as we say. But anyway, let's top it off. So it's episode 61. 
It's called Angry Showdown, comma, Cross the Red Line. So if you don't remember what happened last time, I don't either. But they finished saving all the dragons and um, they're kind of just standing in the little dragon's nest. And Apis, little girl, is kind of just coming to terms with that. And everyone's like, nah, you good. Grandpa Ryuji may have passed away, but you know, like now this new little baby dragon is born and like life, the circle of life, all that good wholesome stuff. But then our favorite boy Eric pops up and he's like, ah, let's fight. He waxes on about how you know he's like, oh, I'm you know, still here to get the dragon knight and blah blah blah. And, you know, he's still out for revenge. He's gonna get his last laugh as he offs the. Big Marine Commander man, who I honestly don't even remember his turn. Yeah, the the big chonky Marine Commander, who like I don't fully Nelson. Remember. Nelson, yeah. So yeah, we. I sorry, I just I I. It's fucking slow. Anyway, Eric oft Major Nelson he goes on. He's like, "All right, let's do this, Straw Hats. I want to get these dragons." Then Nami or someone makes the point of, oh, you, you're you not going to be able to get any Dragonite from these old dragon bones. He's like, I don't want the old dead dragons. I want the live ones. And then he's even going off on like a tangent to Luffy about, you know, like, oh, you're a pirate. Like, how do you not, how do you not see the value in this? How do you not want to live forever? Or why does like eternal life not sound appealing to you? And you know, Luffy gives the kind of stereotypical, but also refreshing, like, nope, not interested. And even Zoro chimes in with a, like, nah, he's the kind of dude who's going to die smiling, as we definitely saw in the canon episode, where he might have almost bit it on the execution platform in Rogue Town. But anyway, my notes here that I've taken once again, because thank you, Wikis, for having none of this filler stuff documented well, um, besides episode names. Apis runs to stop and protect the nest and other dragons that she can see. But then Usopp kind of pulls her away, like, nah, let Luffy and the gang kind of fight this out. But in the meantime, Eric shoots one of his air wind sickles away, and Luffy just kind of tanks it to the face. It hits his body in what looks like the pattern of a, like a cross, like an X. And the only reason I made a note of that is because much later in the show, there is actually not much of a spoiler since you can pretty much see any design of Luffy like that these days since it happens before the time skip, but something happens that actually does scar Luffy's chest with a giant X. So maybe Eric was just predicting canon events. I don't know. You tell me. Probably not. Anyway, fight breaks out. Everything is everything is going about how you'd expect. There's a little bit of a back and forth. It's an okay fight. There's really not much to it. I should be more excited, but it's mostly just it actually ends really fast. This is the note that I put here because you see some back and forth. You know, there's some punches exchanged, but uh, Luffy decides to tank it. And for very eagle-eyed and eagle-eared and current One Piece fans, Luffy uses his guts to kind of just stop the wind and pushes through and gives him a good old... uh, He calls his headbutt attack a bell. I forget what the Japanese name of it is, but he he just gives a massive just honking headbutt to Eric and then his Geordie glasses break and then he just Team Rocket bazookas him away and then there you go. You're never, ever going to see Eric again. Ever, ever. Um, but yeah, I can't believe he broke the future glasses. Yeah, exactly. Not the first time Luffy will break the gears of the future, but yeah, either way, short fight, 
which I think one shows how they were like, yeah, we're wrapping up this goddamn filler. But two, at the same time, I think it's not, I'm glad that didn't drag out more because it would be kind of awkward. Um, but yeah, so they knock off Eric as he's kind of the last little annoyance there. And then you have just a recap, couple recap scenes. So the villagers from Warship Island come out and finally just see like, oh, wow, these dragons were real. All the myths that the old man in the village told weren't just him, you know, not being able to shut up and tell stories. You know, the old man comes out and finds Apis and the, the Straw Hats and he offers them like, oh, do you want to stay and have more snacks? Do you need any help? Da, da, da. Um, but obviously the crew has to go and move on and sail back to Cannon Waters. Just ends in about like as normal of a departure from an island as possible. You know, people waving, everyone says goodbye, come visit again, all that stuff. And you, you're just leaving them in the filler dust. But um, yeah, you even get like the very cheesy scene of them being like, oh, you know, you could have gone with him, Apis. And she, he's like, she's like, no, 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 I know my filler fate. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. You think it's like, <laughs> that's, it, it is, it is as stereotypical down to the line as a piece of filler could be. Trying to make a little more out of it than it probably is. Not terrible, but at the same time, not the best. But I will, we'll talk about that at the end. Either way, um, that's all good. We wait and we wave goodbye to Warship Island and the dragons. And then we get just like a final scene of recap cuts uh, of just everything that's happened over the past few episodes. And there you go. Um, and naturally, my favorite point, which I'd been pointing out for the longest time for a while now, we get to see it happen live, is the Straw Hats quite literally as we've got back on the ocean, sailing back into a deadly rainstorm of which the same, which it's probably just the exact same one we probably left when we left Rogue Town. Now, or that we sailed back into the world of canon, you know, Nami points out, right, as we just left Rogue Town, none of that happened at all. Everyone forget about that. Nami notes like, hey, okay, we should be seeing the red line soon. The seas are starting to pick up. Things are getting choppy again. You know, it's it's, it's raining. And obviously, the red line is a big landmass. So you can't miss that once it comes up. But then uh, Usopp, as they are debating, you know, what's coming up, starts to notice that he's, as he's steering the Mary with its weird little rudder shaft inside the main compartment, he's like, "Wait, this current's really strong. Why why can't I steer right? Why is this not working? The Mary is being pulled in by a very very strong current." And as they are starting to come up, they are seeing what look to be canals leading towards this mountain. I don't know if they actually. Yeah, no. OK, so they don't know the name of it here yet. But either way, they finally uh, see what is the entrance to the Grand Line. And it is pretty much if I can describe it to you for those who have not watched or read, it looks like. Uh, a bunch of arcing gates, but instead there's a reverse waterfall going up. And it's just because that's how powerful the current is. It's it's just pulling. It's like you're pretty much waiting for a water ride at an amusement park. And it looks like that's where they're going up to. But there are no tracks in this water ride. So the key thing is they have to steer their ship just right so that they don't smash into the wall and straight up just sink and die before they get into the Grand Line. Real, real fun stuff. Luffy as they're coming up, keeps calling the, the big mountain and the canals are seen Mystery Mountain because they don't know the name. But Nami notices where they're supposed to go in, right in the water canals. They look like they're about to hit it since Usopp can't steer. But thankfully, Luffy has the bright idea to use his balloon tactic to kind of bounce the ship off one of the sides so they steer clear and make it straight up there. And they actually make it. They get in there and Luffy almost falls off, but Zoro reaches out to catch him. 
Oh, and part of it too, why Luffy had to take that as a hit was because Usopp trying his best to steer, unfortunately broke the rudder. Not the rudder, but the rudder control, like I mentioned earlier, just too strong. This was, remember, this was a little ferry boat that was mostly meant to go around Usopp's little island. Ship was maybe not meant to fully sail the Grand Line, but here they go anyway. Big theme we'll notice soon, and just over time, is just how much abuse that the Mary is going to take over the next major couple arcs, but that eventually does end up with something better happening. So anyway, go on, and they're just starting to go up the hill, and they're finally, you know, like, okay, the water's carrying them straight. They're not rocking side to side or anything, but guess who the fuck shows up as going up the mountain? I got you all. You thought he was gone? No, guess what? It's Eric. You thought he was non-canon. He's trying to be canon, but right as he is on the side of the boat and appears, because apparently he's just been hitchhiking, he shows up and everyone's like, oh shit, we got to fight this dude again. But then Nami just trips him and he falls off and pretty much gets Thanos snapped back into non-canon world. And that is it. That is pretty much yeah, she, how she that goes. cold-bloodedly murders the dude in a single leg swoop. He's like, you're not canon. You don't have rights. Go away. It's just like, no! Well, the real world. One final farewell to Eric, which I'm like 99% sure is actually not canon. That's just like their little way of slapping like the final farewell on this canon arc because it's technically in the same episode. I guess if he needed one last hurrah. Other last hurrah, which made more sense of him swimming out of the water after getting knocked by the dragons and fighting Nelson really quick was not already a last hurrah enough. But there you go, Eric. Goodbye. But yeah, they go up the mountain current. I forget who mentions it. I don't know if it's Nami or someone else, but I do have this in my note here. So the mountain they're going up is called Reverse Mountain by very aptly named because of, well, the fact they're fucking going up a reverse waterfall. So yeah, they go up the mountain all the way and they crest off the top and they're kind of flying a little bit. I mean, the mountain is so high up that there's even little screenshots of like the water on top freezing for a second before it like breaks off. And it almost looks like there's just crystals in the air. I mean, it's just snow. It's like snowflakes. It's a very nice scene, if anything, for entering the Grand Line. And then very conveniently, despite this ship flying in the air, it also like lands right in the perfect current to take it down the mountain, which to me is like, don't ask questions kind of a moment, but at the same time, it's like, how, how did they, the ship just conveniently like land? Everyone's excited. It is Grand Line time. And then boom, to be continued. What do you guys think? Now that we're back on track. Quite literally back on track. Thank God for the end of this filler <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I cannot tell you how happy I am that we finally got into the Grand Line. Wow. I'm ecstatic, honestly. Like, it's finally happening. After all this time, like, I've been waiting and waiting for us to get to the Grand Line. And finally, we're here. It's a moment to celebrate, people. We should be celebrating. It's phenomenal. You know what? Fuck the Grand Line. I said it. Until you get to the New World. Technically, that's what Luffy said, too. That's why they're going to do it. He didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... So the world's greatest villain went out like the world's greatest bitch with the oldest fucking trick in the book. Just, oh, hey, look at that. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh I'm dead. Look at that. You're he's not even saying, you're not real. well, you don't have rights. Just just to be sure, like, oh, no, he's not coming back. Just, uh, yeah, you know, he, he's got devil fruit powers and she can't swim out of there. And Usopp's like, oh, yeah. Even if he wasn't a devil fruit user, I don't think he'd survive those 
currents. But yeah, so definitely right, for sure dead. The devil fruit part didn't cross my mind. I'm like, they're going up a dangerous mountain that will like crush your ship if you don't hit the current right. I, that, I was mostly just thinking like, damn, he's just going to like drown swimming that mountain. I was like, oh yeah, devil fruit power. That too, I guess. But there he goes. No, she is for sure just never coming back. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. That I know of. But yeah, it's episode 61. It's... I'm glad the filler's done. And like we've mentioned before, I think we will. We have a minute before we come to move filler in like such a obvious chunk like that, like end of big arc filler. So we will assess that as we go. We have some ideas that we dartboarded up the wall up to this point, but we will determine how to go about the next filler when we get there. So and anticipate that with mild fervor, if you will. But you know what's after 61? 62. You got it right. Episode 62, folks, if you can count. But I hope you can count to 62, unless you're a clock. If you're a clock, you can only count to 60. But you know what? We got you covered. I think clocks can only count to 59, but take it away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? And on that note, here we are. Episode 62, the first line of defense, the giant whale, Laboon, appears. Imagine. The ship is up in the sky. It's gloating to the top of Reverse Mountain. It's like, wow. It's free. It's like a bird. And then it comes, not necessarily crashing down, but comes down back onto the stream, heading right back into the Grand Line. And it's rocking down the mountain. It's going faster and faster. Then, there's a strange rumbling in the distance. Sanji looks out. And he sees this mountain up ahead. And Nami is like, that's impossible. There's no mountain. We're going to the Grand Line. How can that be? But as they get closer and closer and closer, this massive figure is revealed to be a humongous whale directly in their path think Moby Dick size this thing is huge large gastronomic I think that means gastronomic yeah astronomic that's that's, what I mean gastronomic might be right we're about to go into this whale's bow Uh, yeah but here we are the sheer size is sea mammal means it has a nosem, so they can still sneak by and get away. So that's what they do. They try sneaking by and just trying to be as cautious and careful as they can. However, the rudder's still broken, so there's that that they need to contend with. Therefore, it seems pretty impossible to move a boat with just the rudder, but somehow they do. Luffy... As brilliant or stupid as he is, that's for up to you to decide. Decides to fire a cannon at the whale, effectively slowing down the ship. Somehow, it works. The ship is saved, the crew is saved, but the sheep figurehead on the front of the merry-go is destroyed, unfortunately. That's the price to be paid for firing cannons. The crew starts to think that the whale didn't even feel the blast. And they start sailing by. 
And Luffy, just a stupid fuck he is, decides to punch the whale's eyeball. Literally. Like, just throws out a pistol up at him, a gum gum pistol, and smacks the guy, or the whale I should say, right in the eye. Well, the whale notices that. So the whale starts to open his jaw and it has all this water that flows in. And it lets out this low vibration, this loud vibration too. Sanji says it hurts his ears. And wouldn't you know it, the ship is starting to be dragged in, dragged into the whale's mouth. It's some real Pinocchio shit right here. Think of Geppetto at this point. Luffy somehow manages to climb onto the top of the whale. But at that point, the ship is already inside the mouth of the whale. And it pretty much just swallows it. The whale's starting to go down into the water. It's starting to sink. Will Luffy be able to make it? What's he going to do? He can't swim. What's going to happen to Luffy? What's going to happen to the ship? Aha. There's a hatch on top of the whale. Yeah, you heard that right. There's a hatch on the top of the whale. Like a motherfucking submarine. Here we are. On the merry-go. And they're all... Pretty perplexed, because you know what? There's a sky inside of the whale. Clouds, birds, the whole nine yards, I tell you. The whole nine yards. And they're pretty shocked. They're like, where? What? What? And next thing you know, here comes this giant squid out of nowhere. (sighs) Flushing out of the water, the the stomach acid. It's pretty green, and it looks kind of like bile. So, And it's about to attack the merry-go. What's the crew going to do? And all of a sudden, here come these harpoons. And this giant squid is killed by these harpoons from a nearby island. Then we pan back to Luffy. And this this guy is just lost. And it's a pretty kind of dimly lit corridor. It's pretty small as well. Here we come back to the merry-go. After a tense stare down, it kind of just ends unceremoniously. And so the crew starts speaking like, Hey, old man, what's happening? And the old man, he introduces himself. He says, I'm Crocus, the lighthouse keeper of the Twin Capes. And in the meantime, there's all these like, like the, uh, this running gag, like a literal running gag. And he's just, they pan back and forth between everybody. It's like, quang, 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 quang. And it's like real, real tense, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so Crocus is like, what's wrong? You haven't heard of a running gag? And it's like, nah, we haven't because they're fucking pirates. They're not meta enough. That's their excuse. Anyways, Usopp knows that the sky isn't real. And it's actually just painted because these birds are staying still. They're not flapping their wings or anything. Then, you know what? The crew notices that this whale has a lot of scars on its noggin. That's what I'm going to call it, a noggin. And they ask Crocus, like, why does this whale have so many scars on its, on its noggin? And Crocus is like, well, because... Bashes its head into the red line. But you know what? They also come to believe 
As this old man is plotting to kill the whale, they're really thinking about it. But you know what? Next thing we come to, this mysterious pair. They call themselves Miss Wednesday and Mr. Nine. They're plotting up this death um, to kill Crocus. Crocus and the whale. They use the whale for meat. Kind of in the whale hunting business. However, Luffy just comes crashing into them. And they come flying out into the the whale's body. Crocus sedates the whale because it's still crashing into the red line. Causing much more damage to itself. He's telling the creature to calm down. That he can't break through the red line. As much as he tries, you'll never be able to do it. Laboon. Which is the name of the whale. So this mystery pair launches like cannonballs into Laboon's stomach. So here they are. They blast their cannons into the wall. The stomach wall of the of Laboon. But before you can know it, Crocus jumps in and takes the blast. And he blocks cannonballs and gets him out of the way. And it's really just a sight to see, I tell you. And Luffy, acting purely on instinct, just knocks them out. He's like, yep. Bam, bam. He smashes their heads together. So Crocus has some explaining to do. And he says, Laboon is an island whale. A species native to the, to the West Blue. According to Crocus, Laboon is really sentient. He has what Crocus calls a human heart inside of a whale body. It wouldn't be po- physically possible because there's no way a human heart could pump that much blood. But you know what? It's the sentiment that counts. So Laboon really recognizes people. He had a select group of people he really formed a bond with. And he's just really determined to get back to that band of pirates that entered the Grand Line. Was I think they said 50 years ago. And so in doing so, he's... Laboon's on this quest. And with that, that brings us to the end of episode 62. Pretty exciting, you guys, right? Well, I think dun, it's just dun, dun. exciting to have shit happening. For half a second there, I almost had a moment where, because if you guys haven't figured out our format so far, we usually let each of us take an episode and then just spiel about it at the end. But I had a moment where I was like, wait, is this episode really that long? I thought Steve was going longer, but then I realized, no, it's the filler who was more conditioned to accept yeah. the short ones. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun to get back to something cool. Uh, Laboon is fun. This little entrance to the Grand Line is fun. Crocus is my guy. I want to be a lazy man who lives in a whale someday. Yeah, there's a lot that gets introduced here to our weirdo friends, Miss Wednesday and Mr. Nine, who will actually stick with us weirdly enough. Yeah, just a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Cool stuff, finally. Yeah, it's dope. Fucking Crocus does have his, like, shit together in terms of, yo, let me just... Let me just take a vacation inside my whale friend. This is how this shit works. With his little... Was it steel-tipped? Like, steel-plated hole of his little mini-ship? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I don't want to deal with fucking people. Let me just sit in this gastric acid for a few days. Yeah, Steve sort of brushed over this, but like part of it too is inside the whale. So Brian will explain it kind of in the next episode when you learn a little bit more of Laboon's biology, if you will. But 
uh, Steve, when uh, when you mentioned that we get swallowed, that they get swallowed inside the whale. So they're quite, they're more or less in like I guess the whale's let's say stomach or digestive tract, and that's why. So Crocus's little island and like chill zone is like iron or steel or whatever. It's plated with something beyond just like wood, something that can't be dissolved as easily, whatever. Because it's like, well, technically he's in the slow churn stomach acid, and it's clearly not deadly because someone just jumps in and swims. I know it's oh yeah, I think it's Crocus, and that's when he like Crocus jumps in. Yeah, he literally and just he, jumps like, pulls in and out swims. The sedative or something. Yeah, and then he he administers sedative, which we'll find out why he does that later. I mean, you kind of know now, but e- either way, yeah, man just jumps into acid, but it's so it's not like boiling acid. Hung out in there too long, things would just deteriorate the stomach acids. Still a very, yeah, very fun... you can still see like bones right, in yeah, the acid when he's diving you can see, or whatever. Yeah, yeah it just... zooms down to stuff under the water, so you gotta be careful. Fun to finally get up to some actual action and development here. Again, just considering I'm the one that generally takes the note outlines for what we're saying, most of what I have in my head is already written down and talked about but as far as because i know it's going to come up in the next episode but as far as this episode i do like the very random introduction of like some sort of bounty some sort of mysterious pair going around to like kill this random dude inside this random whale and then out of nowhere luffy's like nope you're coming with me just very accidentally tackles them into fucking giant open space. Weird biology occurring in the island whale, which I will touch on a little bit right now with episode 63, A Promise Between Men, Luffy and the Whale Vow to Meet Again. So Crocus starts to tell Laboon's story, and he speaks of how 50 years before the present one Piece time, a band of pirates is seen passing through Reverse Mountain, you know, the with all the currents and stuff like that. And falling behind them is this little baby whale is trailing them. But, you know, I mean, a baby whale is still pretty fucking huge, but, you know, just small enough that it can navigate the channels, the canals that are going up and down the mountain. So... As we talked about in the last anime episode, apparently the island whales are able to like form bonds with people, recognize people. So Laboon at some point had managed to form a bond with these group of pirates. And it kind of started to view them as a sort of family. So the pirate crew stays at Reverse Mountain for a few months while they're making their repairs to the ship. And preparing to go off in the Grand Line. And this is before even Roger going out and the golden age of piracy and stuff like that. So even compared to how dangerous the Grand Line is now, it's like even more so. So yeah, so they're getting ready for their trip to the Grand Line. And, you know, while they're staying there, they become friendly with Crocus and... Again, this is a baby whale, even with how large it is. So the pirates don't want to endanger their little whale friend. And they try to get it to stay at Crocus. And it doesn't really want to because, hey, this is my family. I need to go follow my family. But eventually they talk it into 
staying at Reverse Island or Reverse Mountain with Crocus and by promising that, hey, we're going to come back in like three years at max. We end up where we are now, 50 years later, and the crew never returned. With the story ended, Crocus leads the Straw Hats through the hollowed out inside of Laboon, which is kind of like we mentioned it in the last episode. You can see like corridors going through the whale and hatches and all these random parts that theoretically should not be a part of a biological creature. But the old man notes that he hollowed out the inside of Laboon to better treat the whale, like of all the various maladies and injuries that would occur. Hearing that, Crocus reveals like, oh yeah, I was a doctor once and a ship's doctor before too. And Luffy's like, oh, doctor, finally, you should come with us. And he's like, nope, not even for a second. You're just immediately rejected. And Crocus is leading them around, refusing to join the crew. And he finally leads them to the largest hatch inside Laboon where the Mary can sail out and hit the open water again. Sanji, once they're out on the open water, says that it's pretty obvious that the crew that Laboon was waiting for died out on the Grand Line, and that is an idea that Nami seconds. Crocus says that what he had heard, and I think he'd said saw at one point, from what he knew, the crew eventually ran away from the Grand Line towards the calm belt or something, and he was basically saying, oh, they just completely abandoned Laboon. So when he had to disclose this information to the whale, Laboon wasn't really wanting to hear that and just refused to believe it. That is when Laboon started bashing its head against the red line as if trying to destroy Reverse Mountain because it was pretty much the only thing it saw in the way of, one, getting just back to the West Blue to where, theoretically, the rest of the crew should be. And two, just, I think we had mentioned at the end, the island whales are native to West Blue. So even, even if it can't get to the pirate crew, it would at least be able to go with like other island whales as opposed to just staying around. So it really just wants to destroy the fuck out of this massive rock formation, but it can't. And it just keeps getting scarred up and scarred up. Sanji asks Crocus why he's still taking care of the whale after all this time, because the way that Sanji phrases it is, hey, they didn't just abandon Laboon, they abandoned you too. You know, they let you take over all of this responsibility. And he says, you know, Laboon and I developed a friendship in that time. It's been 50 years. Laboon still needs someone to take care of him. That's why I'm still around helping. Completely out of nowhere, Luffy rips off the mast of the Mary, runs up Laboon's body, and just stabs the mast into Laboon's head. He starts to fucking fight this giant whale, and they're just beating the shit out of each other, and everyone's like, Luffy, what the fuck is wrong with you, you monster? They're just like going at it, Luffy, and again, this massive fucking whale. Until eventually, they're both just like beat up. And Luffy says, okay, this is a draw. Luffy talks about how he could tell that Laboon was just looking for a fight. And that, you know, his pirate buddies used to fight him 
back in the old days. Luffy makes his own promise to come back for Laboon. And he even paints a copy of his Jolly Roger onto the whale scars. And he tells him, hey, you can't smash into the rocks because you have to let it set. I don't know if that technically is an official, like, oh, you're straw hat crew adjacent, but they have this giant whale with its massive symbol of the crew on it. And in all of this confusion, Miss Wednesday and Mr. Nine managed to escape, jump off the ship. And they're like, oh, thank God we got away from them. Although we did technically fail our mission, we got to get back to Whiskey Peak and report to the boss because we're kind of late. And Nine notices, oh, shit, fuck, God damn it. I can't believe I lost the log pose. And you just cut back to Luffy on the ship and he's picking up this strange device. He's like, oh, I wonder what this is. And at that moment, a giant fucking bird, I'm assuming it's a vulture. And I couldn't really tell the other creature. I probably should have double checked. It's like a little cat. Uh, I believe it's like a squirrel of some kind. It's a cat. I thought it was. Some creature, mammal creature, it appears, and they drop an explosive on uh, Nine and Wednesday. And these are Mr. Thirteen and Miss Friday, who Nine and Wednesday refer to as the unluckies. While trying to plan out their trip through the Grand Line, Nami comes to the conclusion that her compass is broken because... It won't just like point north and just keep spinning and spinning. And the crew starts to freak the fuck out because what the fuck are we going to do if we can't navigate with our compass? And that's when Croak is like, oh, you guys are all really fucking idiots, aren't you? I can't believe you come out to the Grand Line so unprepared that you don't even know that compasses don't work in the Grand Line. Because apparently, which is something I was completely uh, unaware of as much as the crew, I guess. All the islands in the Grand Line are very magnetic and they generate their own magnetic field so that it fucks with uh, compasses. All of the ocean currents also don't follow conventional patterns and the only way that you can navigate around in the Grand Line is with a log pose. The way that they describe it is that the log post will... Log pose. Log pose will memorize somehow the various magnetic uh, patterns and frequencies of an island. So it'll know where you were. And somehow that makes it easier to tell where you're going. I personally did not understand that, but I don't know shit about navigation for the most part. So I'll just let it slide. Uh, But yeah, so while the crew is getting schooled on how to navigate the Grand Line, Luffy just takes that time to eat every single bite of the elephant bluefin tuna that Sanji had won in that cooking competition, including like all of the bones. Everyone is pissed because, hey, that's supposed to be all of our food and you you ate everything. You didn't even share anything with us. So most of all, Sanji is pissed because it's a really fucking expensive fish and he made it mostly for Nami. So those are two very major strikes that Luffy has done and fuck it just as a third strike Luffy's just an idiot so all three strikes is out just as Nami is saying oh we really need to take special care of this log pose Sanji kicks Luffy and just like the force of Luffy passing by 
shatters the log pose. And you just see not like ego death in Nami's eyes as her eyes just go blank. And it's just like, oh no, fuck. How did this happen immediately as I say it? But Crocus says in that instant, hey, uh, you helped Laboon. You can just have my log pose. It's not like I'm really going to need it anyways. So after Nami had knocked Sanji and Luffy in the water when she's pissed, the whale pushes Sanji, Luffy, and Wednesday and Nine back onto the rocks. So now that they're there again, the mystery pair start to beg the Straw Hat crew for a ride to their hometown, which is known as Whiskey Peak. You know, everyone is like, why should we help you? You're not one. You just tried to like kill the whale and its friend. Two, we don't even know you. And you're clearly like shifty individuals that we shouldn't trust. Luffy, magnanimous person that he is, is just like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll take him. Doesn't even really put up a fight about it captain's orders so they like all right cool we're all gonna go to whiskey peak with the log pose set the official journey into the grand line finally properly begins and that is the end of episode 63 thoughts i like where this is going i really do i can't wait to see where the hell it goes next because it's definitely gonna get good yeah, I, like, I like how it started off with its own little mini section I'm like hey some new people to meet this is uh, like meeting Wednesday and nine are very much like a sign of how Oda likes to sprinkle like the beginnings of things at certain parts where it's like you'll have a small instance happening, but you'll meet people who will play into bigger instances going forward. So I think that's we'll obviously see the payout for that much sooner than later. No, it's a fun episode. Point at the end that I'm not sure if you guys caught, but as they sail away from Laboon and the coast, um, Crocus has this sort of reminiscing moment where he's like, man, these kids look crazy. Maybe they're the ones who are changing up a bit. Hey, Roger, and then it just cuts away from that. Does he know gold Roger? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's fun. Little little start off to the Grand Line is always a fun moment. And um, this is one of those things where it's like, hey, these are canon characters, and they may be referenced in the future. So remember Laboon and remember Crocus. Fun, fun stuff. All right, well, what do you have to plug, Steve? Twitter, at Steve Horniak, S-T-E-V-E-H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. Okay, what about you, Clinton? Same for me. I mostly use the Twitter if you want to see me talk about stuff online. That's at Roblink, R-A-W-B-L-I-N-K. Most of the time, I'll stream on Twitch. I've been taking a little break, but I actually plan on starting up either this, well, the weekend that we recorded this or the weekend after we recorded this. Regardless, should you choose to follow me there, uh, twitch.tv slash Roblin. Okay, you can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at El Tubacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter at the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can find it on Instagram with Reluctant Cruise Podcast. And you can email us if you want to by Send your emails to reluctantcruise at gmail.com. Yeah, so that's it. Have fun on that cruise and fuck the sea cops.
I mean, Eurobeat's not a meme once you get into it. That's all I gotta say. A Sion, a man haunted by a tragic past within him lies strength and kindness, but also great sorrow. All this will change when you meet a girl named Dominique. These are the results of Dog Street, the bouncer.